Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Demartini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, you know, a funny thing uh, is happening. I always like to look at the year in review. Um, and many of you know me, and you've known me from day one. Dr. Pat, like, used to do the crust-busting show. Um, and then, you know, transform that into the Dr. Pat show, and then that transformed literally into Transformation Talk Radio. And my very special guest today, best-selling author, amazing organizational consultant, had an epic year when I think about what we've done, where we've been, how we've changed. Uh, and I think about this, and I think about what amazing work she has done to get so far ahead of the times we live in through her fantastic book, uh, cultural brilliance. And beyond that, to really raise the bar. But then what happened is she had the same epiphany I had. And here we were, we're getting ready to continue the show. And we're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need a new show. We need a show that's going to move us from the same old conversations we have with no new results, to a new message, to create something that points to the sense of urgency for change. Hence, the, <laughs> the brilliance ultimatum gets born, time's up. And we're going to talk about that, but we're going to talk about what all of this means from the context of the changing world, and not just the changing world, the changing culture in the business change world. And part of that is looking at over the year, what Claudette has learned from her best-selling book, what she's learned from bringing this message to organizations, and looking at why does changing the culture of business change the world. Claudette, it's great to have you. Oh, thanks, Pat. I'm so glad to be here. So you and I had the same epiphany almost at the same time where we took a look at, yeah, this is what I've been doing. This is what I've been saying. But you know what? I'm feeling something new. Tell me about that, because I think it is related to what we're talking about here today. Yeah, happy to. I think uh, for me, it was really about wanting to make a significant difference in a real way in the world um, and talk about that. You know, it's interesting how some people are really tuned in to what's changing in the world and what needs to change. And some people are not, and um, and then there are all the people that are, you know, in between on that spectrum, and and I just I wanted to do something that brought more people into the conversation of time is up to make a change. Like we, you know, there's so many things with our climate and aspect of our aspects of our political landscape and our business world that really, if we don't take charge and start changing them, we're going to end up in a really bad place that no one wants to be in. You know, it's this idea of creating results that nobody actually wants. And I think there's a lot of that happening right now. Yeah. One of the things that I want to ask you about is I don't think there's ever been a time, at least for me, from my corporate career, doing some of the work I've done, doing the research I've done. I don't know if there's ever been quite a time where cultural change has been as important and relevant as it is because we're seeing it across the board. We're seeing business uh, culture change in business. We're seeing culture change in the culture that we have in politics. We see culture change across the world, right? China, a perfect example. I mean, clearly 
when I think about what's going on in China with their culture, I don't think I can pinpoint in my lifetime a single country that has had the kind of sharp curve to culture change in their in their native culture and their businesses, as I think we're seeing with China. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's it's if we step back and look at like what you just described, China, we look at business culture, we look at we, there's something going on that is really unprecedented. And I actually just coincidentally in my email this morning, I get uh, regular emails from chief executive, chief executive magazine. And there wasn't an, actually an article on how over 73 um, CEOs, including, you know, from Google and um, Apple, et cetera, have come together to, and, and union leaders have come together to ask that the U.S. continue to participate in the Paris agreements for climate change. And they don't actually name, you know, the U.S. government specifically, but just asking generally that the U.S. stay in this. And I was like, and I read the letter and I was like, oh my God, talk about how the culture of business can change the world. You know, you have 73 people who, and some of them are incredibly notable CEOs coming together and say, this is important. And they actually make a business case for it in the letter. You know, it's not just that it's nice to do and we should be here. It's because it's really it's going to be what's important for our economy, for our businesses. They talk about justice for workers and their families. So it was a really incredible mm -hmm. um, letter. And I thought how timely given what we're talking about today. Yeah. You know, when you think about the past year, right? And you think about what you've learned in taking your message out there and doing the book tour, talking to people, doing radio show interviews, you had to have gotten a sense and have changed yourself from the experience. I know in working with you and in, in putting the book together, I've seen the change in you and I've seen the change in me as a result of working uh, with you. But when you took this out there, this had to have an impact on you of some kind. I'm just curious about that. I mean, I think the impact is, is you know, is kind of, it's positive and negative. Um, it, I think when, especially doing radio shows and podcasts and speak, you know, things like that, people definitely get the ideas when I talk about the potential in business culture and, you know, things like that. And they're excited by it. But, you know, in a lot of many organizations, people have no idea what I'm talking about. They have no idea what culture even is. So we see this real um, dichotomy of, you know, of what's happening on the ground in most organizations and you know, what's happening conceptually, you know, with ideal people and visionaries and folks who are interested in this, you know, in the cultural arena, they get it, right? So it, it's, it's a real dichotomy and it's actually concerning to me, not, not just personally by any means, but sort of a, from a professional perspective, like, wow, we still have so many businesses that they're, you know, are just not even connecting the dots, the culture matters. You know, it's so it's 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 been really eye opening from that perspective. You know, one of the things that I think that I love talking with you about is looking at the notion of changing the culture of business. And let's talk about how we connect the dots with that, because let's give folks an idea of what we mean by the culture of business, because there may be some folks that probably say, I'm not exactly sure what that means, but if you explain what culture is, they're going to say, oh, yeah, that's us. Yeah, so culture, you know, put simply are the mindsets or beliefs that drive the behavior in your organization. So, as you know, as my, my friends at the Center for Creative Leadership in Colorado Springs say, you know, best beliefs drive best practices. And that's what culture is. So if you have an organization um, where you notice, you know, meetings are silent and it's really hard to get anything done and there's all this conflict under the surface, well, that's a that's an important part of your culture that's not working well. Um, if you have if you have parts of your organization and people that come together in places of high trust and trust that's so high that they can innovate and they can come up with really creative solutions and they can have open and honest discussions about whether those solutions are going to work and how they would be implemented, that's a part of your culture, um, and that's something you want to you want to understand how you got there since it's so good so you can continue the behavior. But your culture really, if you look around your organization and you watch and you listen and you observe behaviors, that tells you a lot about your culture. 
um, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk and discuss some of what's happening in the uh, in, in, in cultures and business. And what I mean by that is there are things happening in business where if they don't change, they're going to realize that the timeline for making that change is up. They're going to realize that, you know, if you look down the road and you ponder what you have to do to make the change, they're going to be looking backwards and then realizing at a point when it's way too late that they should have made the changes. So when we come back, we're going to talk about what it means when we talk about times Stay tuned, everybody. Claudette Rowley joining me here today. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Healing has a ripple effect. One person's healing affects everyone around them. This is where the power of sharing our stories can be so important. Tune in to Playing on the Edge Radio with Megan Edge each month on Transformation Talk Radio as Megan provides you with ways of sustaining radical and powerful changes in your life. Enact the power of radical change. To find out more about Megan Edge, visit her website at meganedge.ca. You know that moment when you realize you've mastered your wellness or that you will never fall off the roller coaster of life? Well, yeah, me either. But I still ride unicorn. I will teach you how to become a mindset master. You will learn how your habits and behavior affect the success of your nutrition and exercise, relationships, organization, and so much more. Motivation doesn't arrive in an email, so stop waiting for it. You have to take action, then motivation follows. I am Coach Peggy Well. Get out of your comfort zone and recognize the simple truth. We aren't that special. We all have crap to deal with, and we all have a lot more in common than not. I want to spark you into action. We will learn, love, and laugh together. So join me every first and third Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific for Coach Couch and Coffee Radio, where you will learn that being happy and healthy is way more than carrot sticks and squats. Talk to you later. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process? This is all possible through a simple, safe, and natural process. Every day we are either moving toward wellness or away from wellness. Hi, I'm Mary Jane Mack. I'd like to be your partner in achieving optimal health. Contact me now at MaryJaneMack.com or call 425-392-0659. Visit MaryJaneMack.com. Learn to live in the light and unveil the authentic you with a time of healing radio with me, Felistiana, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in every third Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as I help listeners understand sacred fusion energy and how to connect to the spirit that fuels the very life we live. Explore the journey of spiritual transcendence and ultimately discover the path to peace, love, purpose, and wholeness. For more information, visit atimeofhealing.com. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Look, you know, Claudette has been conducting. She has been training. She's an executive coach. Um, she works with management teams. She works with, you know, not-for-profits, small businesses, startups, you name it. She has done it all. She has seen quite a bit as the CEO of Cultural Brilliance. And more importantly, more has gotten revealed, especially when you write a book about something and you talk about it. And you realized that the essence of what this is, the, the ultimatum that is out there, folks don't have a clue. Companies don't have a clue that they are living in the ultimatum zone. Um, I am clear about that for our organizations. That's why we have decided to reframe, redo, up-level our technology. It's because we realized a number of years ago, we had a vision 
But if you don't make an adjustment, not only in your technology, but in your culture, um, then that's what it is. And, you know, one of the things that we look like he, looked at here at Claudette, and I want to talk about this for you, because this is about time's up. You know, what I've learned is you can have the greatest talent on your team. In our case, producers, salespeople, you know, production specialists, you can have those great people. They could have extraordinary skills. But if they don't have either the temperament or the willingness to look at themselves humbly to make sure that they understand everything that they perhaps know or even the things they don't know, then what happens is organizations create opportunities for mistakes and disaster. Now, that's something I'm noticing. But more importantly, I think when we look at this, there's sort of this cluelessness. Can you talk about that? Because if, if you're clueless about it, you don't even know that time's up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people don't. And some of it's because we're, you know, we get involved in our own lives and we have a lot to do and a lot of stress and things to handle. I also have noticed, um, and I've been paying much more attention to this recently, is the mindset that the leader brings into a situation, the leader of an organization. Now, now of course, leaders aren't perfect and they're going to have blind spots and all, all of that. But what I'm seeing sometimes is actually stopping an organization is the leader's blind spots, their actual mindset. And other people in the company may really know like, wow, we really should be doing this. We should be looking at our carbon footprint. We should be looking at our supply chain, you know, et cetera, et cetera, in terms of environmental impact. And it'll be the leader of the leadership team that is not really tuned in. It's fascinating. It's really, really fascinating. Like sometimes they're the last to know. When you hear these things and knowing what you know now from writing the book and doing the research, I mean, you know, it isn't just about writing a book. When you write a business book, you really have to put the time and energy to see what's out there, to see what the trends are, to see what things are successful and to see what things are not being addressed. And that's what you did in writing the book. Uh, one of the terms you're using in the book, which has not, I, I think it's a term that's going to catch on enormously is the term adaptogen. And yeah. I think what we're finding is that not only are companies not willing to even look at what that term means, they're not even willing to invest in their adaptability level. Mm, yeah, yeah. So for folks listening, adaptogen, um, I applied this idea of adaptogens to organizational culture and adaptogens are herbal substances like maca or ginseng that help our physical bodies reduce stress and re rebalance, return to health. And so I applied this to the idea of culture and cultural design. How do we create cultures that will, will rebalance themselves, adapt to change? Um, and if they get highly stressed, you know, be able to self-heal in that way. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, again, I don't, I don't think, um, one of the things that's I think is challenging is that in order to become a more adaptable organization or an adaptogen culture, you've got to, you, you have to follow this thread of what I call emergence, which just simply means tuning in at a different level and a, and a more objective level and noticing what needs to change. Claudette Rowley is joining me here today. You know, look, we were talking about time's up and I want to get to that. Something that you discovered along the way to you being you right now is that there is a sense of urgency and time is really up. What are the areas that you are seeing, right? What are the areas you're seeing where you're saying, you know what, over here, time's up. Oh, wait, no, over here, time's up. Oh, wait, over here, time's up. What are the areas you're seeing? So, yeah, time's, so many areas. I mean, one of the, the, the most obvious ones, of course, is climate, right? Our environment, our, the state of our planet. Time's up to address that. I think time is up to, um, time is up, generally speaking, to look at reality and have the will to change things. So when I created the Brilliant Ultimatum, one of the things I was talking about there and do talk about is that we have all the, you know, the power, we have the knowledge, we have the, you know, resources, we have the know-how, the technology, et cetera, to solve every problem in the world, but we're not. And so, although there are great examples of solving problems. 
so I see time up on times up on climate on will um, on realizing it there's something about realizing that every problem that exists in some ways is our responsibility so rather than turning a blind eye or saying oh you know the fact that you know x number of children are not going to eat dinner tonight has nothing to do with me instead yeah. instead saying well actually it does have something to do with me maybe not directly but i'm a human being and with a heart and how am i contributing to improve this um i saw some it was i think it was on facebook or something uh, a post about someone saying, you know, if I was, if I, you know, if I was the CEO of Amazon and had billions of dollars or anybody who has billions of dollars, this person was saying, I would immediately jump into fix it mode. And I would make sure every child in the U S and in the world eats dinner tonight. I would, I would go ahead and just solve problem after problem. I saw it in the last couple of days and I thought, wow, isn't that an interesting mindset shift? And I think that's what it, one of the things it's time's up for is how do we shift our mindset into realizing we're yeah. all responsible for each other's well-being? Yeah. You know, that I want to talk about this for a minute because this is a super big point. Responsibility and accountability. Do you see a difference? I, mean, I think there's a slight difference, right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I might be responsible for a set of duties, you know, and then I'm going to hold myself accountable or someone else is going to hold me accountable for making sure I fulfill those responsibilities. That's a different, I'm thinking more from an organizational perspective. That's how I would define it. Um, but yeah, I, there is this. And sometimes when I say things like I just described, right, we're all responsible people think, at least in the U.S., I'm talking about socialism. And I'm not, I'm talking about something that operates at a far different level and is actually a framework that doesn't yet exist. I'm really concerned about a framework that it doesn't exist. And there's almost a sense of arrogance at some level. I'm seeing it across the board. And, and let me just tell you what I mean. We have a sense of arrogance over the climate, over yeah, the environment. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, and I don't think this is everybody. So I'm not generalizing to all of you that have been warriors, really champions in this arena. But there is a general, and it has to be a general majority population that we're overreacting. Now, why do I say that? Because I don't see any pressure on our lawmakers to say, you got to do, I don't see it. I don't see that level of uprising where people are saying, you have got to do this, or lawmaker, congressman, senator, congressperson, senator, senator, or I'm not going to vote for you, right? And so there's a disconnect for me on something that almost every scientist on the planet, like in every country says, time is up, right? Does right. that even make sense to you? Yeah, I, it, it's, it's, I, I experienced the same thing. And I think it's again about will and about the fact that, you know, we've seen this in many other scenarios through our history, you know, that this, the aspect of being human that allows you to say, well, nothing's changed in my neighborhood, right? Nothing's changed in my town. And so this is so far away from me, I can't, you know, I'm not even going to pay attention to it. You know, even while we see reports that, oh, you know, things are changing climate wise at a much more um, rapid rate than it had previously been anticipated. Yeah. And I don't, I don't hear the same. I, what I hear, what we hear more of, right. Is that debating whether climate change exists is much more the dialogue versus like you were saying, going to lawmakers and saying, you, no, 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 no. We'd actually like to be alive. You know, we'd like our children <laughs> to have a place to live and our grandchildren. So you need to fix this. Yeah. You know, we need to change our policies and yeah before we really out of time. And I, yeah, that, that's a great point. That piece is missing. Yeah. Yeah. It's missing. You know, it, it's interesting because I've been reading a number of different things and there was a story I read about sense of urgency. And the story I read about sense of urgency is in the simplicity of how we define the problem. Mm. And I listened to two arguments, one today, and they really were like arguments, debates. And I listened to one about a month ago where someone was describing a scenario and we didn't know as they were describing it that they were talking about E-coli, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That yeah. And, but they were describing it and 
everybody thought, well, wait a minute, they are talking about E. coli. So like a light bulb went on and we say, oh, they got to be talking about E. coli. They weren't. They were talking about the environment. But see, our mindset was, yeah, we'll do something if it's E. coli, but we're not going to do it if it's the Amazon rainforest. Mm -hmm. But the, the way that they talked about it, you know, even if you are not somebody that is aware of the 50 shades of green, as I like to call them, Mm-hmm. You're thinking, I have two kids. What? They are going to have that problem? It, do we need to get better at describing the, the, the crisis? Do we need to get better at it? Let's hold that thought. I want to take a short break. I want to get into that with you. Because, okay. look, I've been an advocate in the Lyme community, and I am very clear that we have to get better at describing the crisis. So I'm taking a different approach. I'm actually looking at creating animated video characters to educate. But do we have to get better at laying out the story? Let's take a short break. Claudette Rally, we'll be right back. Go ahead, go to her website, culturalbrilliance.com. Should we get better? And how about you all out there? Do you have to weigh in on this? 1-800-930-2819. We'll be right back. Our angels and animals are always working for and around us. Darcy Pariso knew from an early age, she felt this incredible presence that was confirmed for her in a Reiki level one course. From then on, she has honed her skills and dedicated her talents to providing answers, inspiration, and tools for people to move past limiting blocks and past traumas to truly live a life of happiness. For more information about working with Darcy, visit DarcyPariso.com. Optimize your breast cancer screening without any radiation or pain. Effective, sensitive, and widely used thermal imaging in Europe is now available to you here in the U.S. Using state-of-the-art FDA-approved camera, Eastside's first and only breast thermography clinic is now open in Bellevue. Safe, sensitive, low cost, no referrals needed. Contact Holistique Medical Center at 425-451-0404 or on the web, drdarvish.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Has your buzz for life buzzed off? Feeling ignored, invisible, and wondering if this is really all there is? The years go by faster as we gain momentum. You're halfway there. Are you gathering speed or puttering out? Hit your stride for the liberating half of life. Comfortable in your skin? You can do better than that. Tune in to Discovering You Again Radio every fourth Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific as host Susan Axelrod encourages listeners to decide what they want, get inspired to action, and face challenges head on. Host Susan Axelrod pulls no punches, encouraging you to grab the brass ring and soar. For more information about Susan, go to www.whatwillyourlegacybe.com. Some people dream of freedom before they know it even once. What happens when we find ourselves in unimaginable freedom? Retired, children are grown, we've moved on from caregiving, and don't know what to do with all that time you never had before. Well, it's your life. It's up to you now. On the hit new show, Fresh Courage, it's your time to shine with host Sharon Rolfe on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. Claudette rallies in the house. As I said before, if you want to find out more about Claudette, go to culturalbrilliance.com. And also, you'll be able to buy her book. You'll be able to learn about the work that she does in organizations. And more importantly, you know, she is sought after for speaking, for bringing up the questions, raising the issues, but also providing the solutions. And, you know, this right here that we're talking about here today change the culture of business, change the world. It it really is true and it really is important. 
And it's important at a lot of levels. It's important at what action we see our organizations take. So if we see an organization that says they believe in climate change and the environment, and they are actually polluting that, we have a mental disconnect. And these are some of the times up factors that she talked about. But there's another one in organization. And, 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 and let's get back to that. There are a couple I want to address. But there are a couple of things that you've really zoomed in on, you know, that makes sense to us, what we're seeing, what we're not seeing happen, and, and how to make sense of it all, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And I think, you know, you were going before the break, you were talking yeah. about this, I think, really important question around why are people not, you know, why are people not seeing the reality of what's going on? Right. Yeah. Are we not giving them good, you know, vivid enough stories? Yeah. Are we not yeah. whatever? And I think there's, you know, I think that there's a there's twofold. I think on one hand, people may not be aware of, of, of the danger that exists, right, with climate change, for example. And on the other hand, if they knew the reality, you know, if they go into dig into the reality of it, it's so overwhelming, it's so terrifying that they, you know, it's paralyzing. And I think so what, you know. How do we handle that? I mean, I think it's by looking at it's what I would do in an organization, right? We look at the truth of the situation and then we start talking about what we're going to do about it and we come together on it. And so I think it's, I mean, it's partly the story, but a lot of what's missing is here's the story and this is what we're going to do about it and this is how you can contribute. Uh, and I, I think that is a lot of what's actually missing. When I look at the future, I want to talk to you about Time's Up in a lot of ways. I want to talk to you about Time's Up when we are looking at it, the organization, what's emerging, where we're stuck. And the reason I want to talk with you about that is there's, there are things emerging that are taking on new terms, conscious capitalism. And we've been talking about that in a sense. But there are other issues that have really occurred in the organizations, like workplace bullying that we're not talking about. Um, we're also not talking about burnout and people in organizations are burning out. They're becoming susceptible to addiction and suicide. Um, and and here's, here's the strange thing about this. I worked in organizations, I worked in HR. I knew when things were coming apart. Is it possible that companies don't know what's going on in their culture? I, I yeah. <laughs> now, I mean, in terms of the leaders not knowing, I think yeah. the, the people working in the organization, definitely, they may not know exactly what's going on or, or, or what it all means, but they can definitely describe, right? Oh, this is, you know, this is the behavior here. Or these are the beliefs. This is what's allowed. This is what's not allowed. This is what's safe. This is what's not safe. They can go through and tell you all of that. Um, it's more, no, I have seen leaders that really don't know what's going on in their organization um, or just kind of go into a blaming all those, those people, meaning the employees just need to do a better job and I'm washing my hands of it. So um, yeah, it is entirely possible. Yeah. What, let's have you talk about what the trends, what are you seeing? You know, I think in terms of, um, you know, conscious capitalism, as you mentioned, right? This idea of, you know, purpose, people, and profits. Um, social organizations that, are, you know, exist for profit and have a social impact. I mean, I think we start seeing, we see that, we see people actively working to create change in, inside organizations and outside organizations. And so I see a lot of positivity, right? I see a lot of consciousness being raised around what organizations can be, what their potential is, and that they, they exist to do more than make money, which for a lot of leaders is still um, a, a concept that's kind of foreign, right? Because 10, 20 years ago, no, no one was really talking about organizations like that. Not the way they are now. A few people talked about it. But I would say the trend is toward increased consciousness and awareness um, in you know, a certain percentage of organizations. And that's really, that's really exciting to see. That really, really is. I am excited to see it. And I think that we have to create a wave and a movement. Uh, who are the top, uh, who are the top dogs, so to speak? Who are the people out there that are leading the charge? Who are the people that are making a difference? 
And, you know, I, 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 I was recently reconnected. I mean, I grew up in New York and I, I kind of had forgotten sort of what, you know, the Bloomberg factor, you know, right. the, the oh, yeah. dude, that, you know, in law, but I also what he was in terms of uh, a business. I, I actually forgot he was like actually a successful business person. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought about him for a minute and I thought, well, wait a minute. How was it he could do these things? You, you know what? You know, it's like it was like a, it was like a like a moment where I said, how is it like he was able to do this, to create the nonprofit, to look at this? And I'm not saying he's perfect, but I pondered that question. You know, is does what is it that he has? What is that factor that he has as a leader, as a businessman, you know, as a politician? What does he have? And is that something we can bottle and sell to others? <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I don't know specifically what he has, but I can speak to leaders like him. And, and it's really, I, I think it's the leader that continues to learn and grow as a human being. Understanding their own impact, under, looking at the results they get, right? They take a set of actions. What are the results? What worked and what didn't? They're do, going through that self-assessment. They have, you know, coaches or advisors or, you know, people that they talk to who will actually give them direct feedback and say, look, when you did this or this, it really bombed. This went really well. You, you, you know, you gave this, you know, particular speech to the company and it sounded like you weren't tuned into what people needed or whatever the feedback is. So it's, that's what I see with a lot of really great leaders is their willingness to continue to evolve and, and have it be about something more than them, right? That they're serving a bigger purpose through the company that they lead, that it's not just about them being happy or satisfied as leaders, right? It's not about their personality. It's not about, um, you know, their ego. It's about something bigger than they are. Yeah. Isn't that it though? Isn't that it? Um, I was talking to a number of, of, of lenders so that we can put our crowdfunding together. You know what I mean? We're putting our crowdfunding together. But in order to put crowdfunding together, you have to spend money. You know, in order yeah. to build technology, you have to spend money. And so I have a great reputation with some of these lending agencies. But I was actually talking with someone this morning and uh, Nikki. And, and for the first time in this journey she got who we were. I mean, you know, you're talking to somebody whose job is to really lend you money. Mm -hmm. And very few of those people get who you are because they're not focused on that. They're focused on, do you qualify? What's your credit score? Blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But I had this interesting interaction with her. And I thought to myself, for her to not even know us and then get us. So we must be doing something right. Albeit, I think we're going to do things better. But the flip side of that is I am so wanting to do more. I want to do more. I want to be able to help those corporations just like you are. Get to the point where they're one, really to pick at least one thing where they get that time's up and do something about it. You know, I mean, why don't you put together the Time's Up Challenge? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, yeah. Right? Because if they did one thing, just one thing, right, would that make a difference? I think that, you know, those kinds of changes are cumulative and have a ripple effect. So it's, yeah, I think it makes a difference for the people they impact and they more positively impact other people. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean it changes the energy of what we're doing. So yeah, it make a difference. I know. Let's take a short break, everybody. When we come back, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about one of my favorite places and my favorite words. We're going to talk about stuck. Where have some folks fell into the pothole? And pothole now has gone so deep, they cannot find their way out. And then what are some of the recommendations that Claudette has discovered for change? What is it? What are those things that have now showed up that say, look, if one thing could be done, this one thing, it could make a significant impact. 
Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with Claudette Rally. If we change the culture, the business, we can change the world. I'll tell you what, if you don't, you're going to have what I call the, you are not walking the talk and talking the talk and nobody buys it. We'll be right back. <laughs> What is a brilliant culture and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Right now, ask yourself, how far are you from your dream? Are you closer today than yesterday? Entrepreneur and personal coach Deborah Rothschild brings the wit and wisdom to transform you into a new dynamic you. Tune in to the Deborah Rothschild Show, developing a dynamic you. To learn more about Deborah, visit thedebrashow.com. That's the D-E-B-R-A show.com. Tune in live every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern on transformationtalkradio.com. Stuck in a roundabout of dysfunction? Stop circling around difficult issues and find out what's been holding you back. Learn how to speak your truth to power with host Dr. Kathy O'Bear. Create real change with smart tools and smart strategies. No frills, no fluff, just life-changing conversations to help get you where you want to be. Extend your reach and become an agent for real change with Kathy O'Bear. For more information on Kathy and her work, please visit drkathyobear.com. That's drkathyobear.com. Living Lighter Radio with Jason and Patricia. We have an ecosystem approach to your life. Tune in weekly every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Transformation Talk Radio as we, Jason and Patricia, discuss what's truly holding you back. We offer you the tools you need to reach your goals and at the same time be living lighter. For more information about Living Lighter, visit www.livinglighter.org The vibration of change that magical place where life shifts from struggle to ease from stagnation to forward movement from old ways of being to new ways of becoming If you're like I am it can be rather elusive to get there but when you are in it you feel it down to your very core, don't you? And it can positively affect everything in your life from your relationships to your health and well-being, from your career path to your abundance, from the quality of that inner connection to the fullness of your self-expression. On The Christine Upchurch Show, we explore ways to get into that vibration of change with experts in the fields of consciousness, psychology, spirituality, health, healing, and science. Join me, Christine Upchurch, every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on KKNW AM 1150 and Transformation Talk Radio and learn new ways to step into your vibration of change. All right, everybody, welcome back. You know, I mean, I just love what you're doing. I I really do, Claudette. Um, For those of you out there, go ahead and check it out at culturalbrilliance.com. You know, I remember you and I talking when we first met and we started to talk and share stories about what we have seen in organizations. Some of the stories date back a couple of years. You know, some of the stories were more relevant. Um, But the question that has come in uh, that I I typed to you and I'd like to read it and just uh, let's talk about it. What do you do when your immediate boss is the road jam? Now, you can text me again and tell me what you mean by road jam, but I think we can we can help you with this. What do you make of that? Because this is pretty common, yeah? I mean, bosses really are getting in the way sometimes. Sometimes they do. Yeah, road jam I, I, makes me think of, you know, a log jam, right? Yeah, log jam. Yeah, yeah. Um, but definitely some sort of obstacle. I think, yeah, bosses can. And it's it's interesting because on one hand, and you mentioned, you know, on the break, we were chatting about this, that sometimes, you, you know, you look at, is it time up, is time up for me to stay in this organization, right? Or in this relationship with my boss? Um, am I, you know, tolerating too much and taking too much? So I think that's always really important to evaluate. Um, and then it's, you know, looking at the communication, right? How have you tried to, how has one tried to communicate 
with a boss or manager. Uh, sometimes people think they've communicated effectively and they haven't. Maybe they're not comfortable. Maybe they don't think the manager's going to listen. Um, but I'm a big fan of really looking at the situation. You know, if it's, you're asking your manager for something specific, um, a change, you know, resource, whatever it is, and really thinking through based on this person's personality and what's important to them, how can I best approach them? So mm -hmm. how can you be your own best advocate in the conversation? Um, and I think that's another thing another thing to look at. Um, and if it's really, if it's not a communication issue um, or anything related to that, sometimes it's time to look at the situation and say, might I take another role in the company, right? Might I look yeah. for a new job? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think at the point that we're at now, if, if there are options to request a move out and stay within the company, you know, I think that is one option for sure, especially if the situation is is really getting to you at a psychological and emotional level, Claudette, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is really why we're seeing the levels of burnout out there now that are uh, at ridiculously high rates. We are not looking at, well, they're a little stressed. Those days are like so gone. That, right. that day we're like, oh, HR is like, oh, we're like, no, we are talking serious, serious things here. We're mm -hmm. talking about a level of burnout that causes both emotional and mental uh, conditions. And people are in such a state of fear that they cannot take accountability and empower themselves. You know, we are looking at those things. But here's the thing, sometimes we have to make the tough choice mm -hmm. and, and, and leave. Right, absolutely, leave, look for a new job first, hopefully, um, and, then, and then go, absolutely. And it's not, I think it's also the physical impact of burnout is huge also, you know, the health issues that are arising, there, there's a lot there. And that's where organizations are responsible. If they have cultures that are toxic, they have cultures that are making people leave, they have told cultures that say, you know, bad behavior is okay. Yep. Or don't develop people or whatever the case may be. Those companies are absolutely responsible for creating that kind of experience and not setting an environment that allows an set of employees to thrive. And I think that that's where we, when we talk about changing the culture of business, we can change the world. That's one way business can really change the world is by changing the employee experience. Yeah. I want to get back to this thing. I, I want to visit this. Time's up, but you're not here to talk about time's up without recommendations, without solutions. One of the things I think it's important for anyone that's having an issue is communication, communication. Is that, how serious is that a sticking point? I think it goes, it's, I mean, it's, that's really important. And even beyond that, um, when we didn't really get to it today, but is this notion that I talk about in the book and I actually talk about with all of my clients of psychological safety. Um, there's a new book out or, uh, earlier this year, a new book called the, um, the Fearless Organization. And it's a really great how-to book on what psychological safety is and how you can install it in your organization. And for those who aren't familiar, it is this idea that a, working in an organization or on a team is safe for interpersonal risk-taking, which means that I can speak up and not be concerned about retribution. I can share ideas and not be concerned I'll be humiliated. Uh, I'm not gonna worry about being demoted because I spoke my mind. And so it's, it's a really great concept that le actually leads to high performance. Uh, and it's one in the Google study that's gotten a lot of press in the last few years, it was the, the number one um, underpinning of success for Google because it allows innovation. So that is hugely important. And when you have psychological safety, you're on the road to it, you end up, communication just becomes an out, natural output of it that you're going to communicate more clearly and directly because you feel that you can. Yeah. Yeah. I got to tell you, you know, I think each of us gets to a tipping point. I know in my 24 and a half career, six months away from a full, full pension, something got to me something got to me because it's not logic because people that are logical, they don't start to create a ruckus about an unfair downsizing policy six months away from a full pension. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So it didn't even enter my mind. You know, people have asked me, do you wish you would have thought that out differently? I said, and to what end? To staying with the corporation and not having the life I have? Uh, to really stay at a place where things were not going to change and it was eating away at my very soul? And I, I didn't have a chance to think about it because it was so against my value system to let somebody, to fire somebody with 29 years, 11 months of service. Fast forward to where we are today. That level of procedural justice, that is non-existent today. We live in a world where it doesn't matter how many years of service you have, it is employment at will. So that's a change that has happened over time. But that kind of change, Claudette, that doesn't come without consequences, Mm -hmm. right? You cannot replace loyalty and commitment uh, with having the level of instability or emotional stress uh, that we, we have. What do you think companies should really pay attention to? What should they keep their eye on moving forward? Yeah, when they ask employee, I mean, it's, there's so many things, but if you ask employees what stresses them, what's stressful to them, or a question I like to use is what are key points of tension between people or, or in processes, and, and they tell you, listen to them and do something about it. When, you know, that, I mean, there's this massive set of broken promises that occurs every day where an organization says, oh, I'm, yeah, we'll work on this, and they don't. And then people get frustrated and disempowered and their stress level goes up. But ask people what's wrong. Ask people what the challenges are. Ask them what makes their lives harder at work. And then ask them about their own ideas and solutions and either take action on it or allow them to take action on it. That is a huge chronic missing thing in so many organizations. And it, it, it's transformational when companies actually engage in it. I want to just say thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for bringing this message out. Um, I want to make sure that folks get a sense of how to find out more about you. Go to culturalbrilliance.com. And if you're listening to this and you're working in an an organization, give Claudette a call. Contact her. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us with today? Um, Thank you so much, Dr. Pat. I think, you know, trust yourself, right? That's what all this, a lot of this comes down to is trust yourself, trust your instincts, Trust that your, what you see is real, what you understand is real, and take the action that feels right to you. And if we're all doing that in organizations and in a culture at large, a lot would change very quickly. Wow. Claudette Rowley, everybody. And tell folks about your new show. Oh, thanks so much. This new show is called The Brilliance Ultimatum, Time's Up, and it is the second and fourth Friday of each month. Um, and I have great guests that are different, different change makers and risk takers who are out there making a difference in the world. Um, and it's a show about what's going well, not just a show about what's not going well. So I'm excited to put that positivity out, out into the universe. I love it. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on. And by the way, get yourself a copy of Claudette's book, Cultural Brilliance. And yes, you can give it to your boss. All right, everybody, another hour coming up on TTR. We'll see you next time. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.